Let's go, focus, breathe. Now pull the thing up. Go, 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 go. Up, you've got it, Rawdon. You've got it. Stand, stand up! Well, this is the Clean Health Podcast under the bar. My name is Tom Hewitt. With me, as always, is the ever-exuberant Rawdon Dubois. Exuberant. Excited to be here, mate. Yeah, you know, every week I'm excited, and this week's no exception. Excited again, Tom. Well, come on, mate. We need to have a sense of urgency about this problem. Mate, we've got a, a, a mountain of a, an interview a little later, uh, Building the Beast with uh, John Meadows. So, yes. yeah, let's cut to the chase and uh, punchy. Yeah, John Meadows, the mountain dog, he will be our special guest this week. We look forward to talking to him. We're going to have a look at. It's hard to approach this. It's it's a. I guess it's a cleanse, oh. for want of a better term. It's well, not a liver cleanse, Tom. No, no, an aggressive fruit cleanse. No, uh, a heavy metal cleanse. No, no. not the lemon detox. Holy waffle, Tom. Holy We're just looking at something which Rawdon and myself use quite frequently down at the yeah, CHPC. Time to time, down a number there, of the yep. coaches will chuck that into the mix from time to time. It's somewhat of a fruit and vegetable cleanse, I guess, for want of a better term. Yep. Essentially, what we're doing is looking at resetting the digestive system. Mm, mm. Um, and we'll take you through all the details and what you need. Maybe have Yeah, a- I mean, why would you want to do it? We're going to explain that, yeah? Yeah, I guess we'll explain exactly why yeah. we do that. And you and I have harped on ad nauseum about gut health on this program. Yes. And uh, you made an interesting point during the week, Rod, and obviously we know that the gut and the digestive system is its own entity. Second brain. But the second brain. Yes. It is the second brain embedded in the wall. <laughs> it embedded, is. Embedded in the wall of the gut is the ENS, which is the enteric nervous system. Yes. And it actually sends... Well, it communicates with the brain, but it communicates on a subconscious level. So you're not actually aware of the communication that goes on, but it affects your mood and how you feel. And so yep. having optimal gut health, apart from the physiological benefits, yes. uh, mentally, very good for you as well. So we'll take yeah. you through all the details of the fruit and veggie cleanse that we use down at Clean Health. Yes, and uh, you know our listeners may be interested in that one. <laughs> the you, first. You look so happy to be here. Mate, I, I'm killing it. Let's go. Short right. and sharp. Let's just have a quick, sharp, bullet point competitor update yes. because a couple of weeks ago on the program, we spoke about Alex Thompson who had a bout in hospital with, <laughs> ICU, yeah. with pneumonia. We're about six weeks out from the Arnold Classic yep. where he's ball to the wall going for a pro car. This is his big <laughs> shot. Big shot, and yeah. things aren't necessarily going to plan. Rawdon, talk us no, through it. Yeah, well, you know, Thompson has a is notorious for uh, not going <laughs> according to plan, and yes. he likes to make things difficult. Yeah, so obviously the, the listener would know. So an update on that. Back into training, thought we were, uh, you know, the worst was behind us, and eased back into uh, training it. Uh, you know, seven eight weeks out, still issues. Uh, back to get another see the specialist, another scan, still inflammation. So when I found out there were still issues underlying and he was having a hard time training, obviously his health is paramount and uh, doing the comp is uh, obviously second to that. So took him uh, off training. So I said, uh, okay, no training, week off until he had his uh, scan of the chest to see what was going on and Mm -hmm. chat with the specialist. And um, he's, you know, in the headspace, he just wants to compete. So I guess for him, it was like, okay, I'll do what you want, but I, I really want to train. And uh, and I said, well, look, you're not training. Your body's not responding. You actually put fat on. 
So even though he was uh, training and um, uh, you know his caloric intake should have achieved fat loss, uh, he actually put fat on. So that told me his body was just far too stressed to be doing anything in regards to body composition. So I just took the foot off the gas pedal and said, all right, yeah, here's a new nutrition plan. Calories are up, macronutrients changed, much more carbohydrates in there for him, seven days off until you have your scan. Did that, had the scan, still some inflammation, reassessed him actually this morning. Uh, and even though he did nothing and uh, ate more calories, he actually dropped half a percent body fat. So uh, according to the bio, uh, bio signature that I did on him this morning with the calipers. So uh, it says to me that his body's in a better state now. So I've, I've tweaked things and basically the specialist said, look, you're not going to kill yourself. You're not going to uh, make anything worse. It's going to be... Tough. You know, tough, yeah. Like, it, it, yeah, you'll just be heavy hard getting lungs. through those yeah. those big volume sets. So, bearing that in mind, and 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 the fact that he's not going to do any significant damage, he's quite happy to to um, get in the gym and and, do, and and put some hard yards in and see if he can make it to stage. So it's all pending what his body does. Tweaked everything, nutrition, uh, various carb cycling I'm using with him. So it's going to be a uh, for our listener. They want to know what Alex Thompson's doing coming into the show. It's a, a three-day depletion and a one-day high-carb refeed. So carb cycling every fourth day. So that's what he's going to do, and I'll reassess him next week, and uh, I'll let the listener know how, how he goes. But yeah, okay. fingers crossed with that one. So six weeks out, he's got about 4% body fat to lose. You'll need to dip into your bag of tricks to get him over the line, <laughs> and you want his physique to be better than it was in the Nationals. Yeah. So that'll be the tough one, but we'll uh, watch this space. Yeah, definitely. Gordon, we cannot keep the mountain dog waiting. No. He'll be sitting there getting close to bedtime. The mutton chops will be bristling with anger. <laughs> and, of course, he's coming down to Australia with Paul Carter yeah. in April for this tour. And we don't want to get any special treatment from the mountain dog no, you know, while, don't want, while he's in the gym. No, you, you don't know, want that. When the workouts are on, you and I will just be skulking around the back. Yeah, we'll, be, we'll be up here doing a podcast. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Every we'll, day of the week. We might just appear out of the shadows for a leg extension or a couple of bicep curls here yes. and there. None of the hard stuff, though. Righto, so this digestive cleanse that we spoke about in the intro, Rawdon, essentially it's a fruit and vegetable cleanse. This is a protocol, I guess, to give the digestive system a break from the burden of proteins. It's to repopulate healthy gut bacteria, to feed the healthy intestinal bacteria, and to, to help strengthen the intestinal lining or the gut lining, and essentially just to create an optimal environment in the body for body composition changes so that thereafter you can assimilate all your nutrients yeah. uh, lower inflammation less stress in the body you can grow muscle you know burn body fat all that kind of stuff whatever it is your goal yeah yeah i mean i guess it, it's that um getting off on the right foot at the start so if you're in the business of building muscle or like you said fat loss then you want everything working uh, certainly your digestive system like you pointed out if we're putting uh X amount of nutrients in and, and, and calories in, you want to be using all those for, for building muscle and putting the body into a surplus or a deficit. And and even more significantly, Tom, when you, I, I find when you're coming into the end of a fat loss phase, if you are really trying to get the, the individual lean or yourself, you just photo shoot, leaning out for summer, whatever you're doing, invariably your, your caloric intake will have to come down at some stage, yes. be it refeeding, whatever, I mean, whatever your, your uh, method to lean out is, 
um, there will be a caloric deficit. So if you are in a caloric deficit and you have poor digestion and you're not absorbing much of the uh, micro and macronutrients that you're taking in, then double whammy. Double whammy, exactly. Much more stress on the body, and then your caloric intake is actually significant less than what you actually anticipated. And then obviously the metabolic woes. You're you're in a caloric deficit too significant for what you're doing for an extended period, and mm. then the metabolic downregulation, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So yeah, it's getting that digestion ship shape. Certainly from a body composition and a hypertrophy perspective, essential. But also, um, I mean, you spoke about the the enteric nervous system, that that second brain, and I guess worth noting that. Um, you know, 95% of the serotonin in your body is produced in the gut. So yes. serotonin, obviously, your you feel-good hormone, but also is uh, heart health, you know, bone health uh, related to serotonin as well. So, I mean, lots of things that serotonin does, but 95% of the gut, and if the gut's uh, not working well, then obviously the ability to produce serotonin's uh, poor. So things like sleep's going to be, be tough. And then obviously sleep, we know, is a huge fundamental in just getting through life full yes. stop. But let alone trying to lay on some uh, muscle mass or, or achieve some fat loss, that, that downtime is actually when you will grow and when you will actually lean out and, and recover from all the, the stress that you put on the body. So, yeah, I mean, it's the pretty much a fundamental across the board. The be-all and end-all is digestive health. So Very noteworthy. Yeah. So essentially with this cleanse, it's structured... Fruits and vegetables, typically you would have fruits in the first half of the day. There will be those who don't react so well to fruits, so it yes. may just be a pure vegetable cleanse for yep. those. So you're focusing on a variety of different green vegetables. No starchy veggies, so there won't wouldn't be any um, yeah. sweet potatoes or potatoes in there, yeah. but basically... Control those insulin levels, keep those under control with the, with the starchy. So essentially you're looking at lots of cabbage and broccoli and bok choy, Brussels sprouts, cauliflower, mm. kale, turnip basically a whole stack of veggies you can work into the mix mm. and it's all you can eat you can eat as much of those as you like throughout, uh-huh. the, throughout the sounds day sounds alright it's rare that you get that having said that vegetables aren't particularly calorie dense so we no. do include some fats for calories and we'll take you through all the fats that we work with I mean they have a ton of benefits anyway yeah aside from the caloric intake and satiety so you can actually get through your day obviously during your fat choice will uh, mm. You know, we'll pay, you know, that'll play a role in uh, the healing of the gut to That's some right. degree. So apart from eating all of these vegetables throughout the day, essentially we punctuate the day with various little hits of, I guess, some supplements to sort of assist yeah. the whole process. Yep. So mate, without further ado, should we start to work our way through the various uh, components that make up this cleanse that we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. So we know that we're trying to fix up the digestive system, take a bit of a, a break from all the shoveling, all the protein in like we do, trying to build that muscle and uh, get the fat loss. And I guess worth pointing out that we're not suggesting this is a cleanse. You know, everything we say here is in the trenches type stuff. Mm, it's a, disclaimer. What for disclaimer, yeah. Yes. Don't go do this and, and uh, <laughs> stay on the cleanse for the next two years and then come back and... Uh, chase us down on the podcast but yeah I mean it's not supposed to necessarily heal or, or any sort of uh, illnesses or anything like that it's just simply uh, an individual that uh, that is in a healthy uh, relatively healthy state this is just going to improve things uh, not trying to cure anything or um, you know, dramatically alter anything it's just trying to improve what already exists so one of the crucial elements to this cleanse is fiber and there are different kinds of fiber that we recommend you work into the protocol. Yep. Uh, the first one of those, of course, Rawdon, you're a big fan of the resistant starch. Mate, yeah, we've uh, talked about the resistance uh, RS, so I like to call it Tom. I'm that familiar with it, the RS. <laughs> different types of resistant starch. We're not yes. going to go into too much detail too much today. Too much detail, but, but you can get it in tapioca flour, yep. potato starch. 
plantain flour, and uh, even green bananas. Yes, good yes. sources. So that's the resistant starch. That's also a lot of those are insoluble forms of uh, fiber yeah, that's as insoluble well. Insoluble fiber, yeah. So you want some soluble fiber in the mix as well. That is the more gelatinous form of fiber when it gets mixed with the water. Oh, mate, don't don't turn your back. Don't on turn it. your back on soluble <laughs> fiber. Otherwise, <laughs> you'll never get it down. Yeah. But we're talking about psyllium husk. Flax holes, yeah, the slippery elm falls into that bracket too. Yep, definitely. And then obviously, with the volume of vegetable material that you're eating, you're getting quite a lot of other insoluble fiber. You yeah. mix all those dark leafy greens, the broccoli, the cabbage, etc., etc. Yep, yep. et okay, so that's fiber. Boom, done. Checked done, off. Done, dusted. You want to start the day with some sort of alkalizing green drink. Essentially, this is to provide um, the micronutrient density that we're after. It's to assist the liver with its detoxification. I mean, the amount of protein that we eat, a lot of meats are relatively yep. acidic, so it's not a bad idea to uh, to quell the flame. Yeah, alkalize the body to some degree. Whenever possible, generally, we would prescribe a, a, a pretty hefty intake of especially green vegetables when any any of my clients anyway, like they do eat a ton of protein, but they also eat quite a bit of uh, roughage and, and they get the greens in there as well. That's a, sort of a staple of what we do uh, down at Clean Health. But yeah, you, you definitely um, you want those greens in there so we're so looking at a, yeah. So we're looking at a spirulina powder, maybe yep. barley grass, wheat grass, any of those green uh, yeah. powdered powdered green supplements. Get some of that. Particularly Mix that in with a little squeeze of uh, lemon or lime. Yeah, maybe further alkalize things. Yep. Yes, maybe a little dash of apple cider vinegar in there as well if you're daring. Yep. Uh, slosh that down. Boom. Get that down the gullet. Apple cider, great on the cleanse. Antimicrobial, antibacterial. And of course, that increases your uh, stomach acidity too. So just general gut health, it's pretty good, the apple cider. So we want to populate some good gut bacteria. So obviously, a yes. probiotic would yeah. form part of this cleanse as well. The way to go there, Rawdon, the, uh, the duck's nuts or the bee's knees, so to speak, <laughs> in the world of probiotics would be the soil-based organisms. Yeah, relatively uh, new, I guess, the soil-based organisms. The idea is that back in the day, you know, we used to eat a lot of uh, fruits and veggies that weren't sort of sterilized like they are today and they had uh, essentially soil yes. on it a lot of bacteria, bacteria in the soil very healthy for the for the gut and um and essentially by you know taking these soil based organisms you're repopulating the the gut bacteria with some of these organisms that are very beneficial and there's a ton of uh you know white blood cell count up immune system up helps fundamentally with ibs as well so any of those uh that discomfort not that this cleanses designed to treat anything like that but if you do have any you know niggling little things then the outside of the cleanse as well the uh, soil based organism probiotic are uh, very good very good to work into the mix yeah but probiotics fantastic as well but the soil based at any awesome. time yeah absolutely uh, omega-3s they're yep. pretty much a staple of uh, all sort of nutrition plants at, yes. at some point but obviously some fish oil very good yep. for inflammation yep or if you were wanted to be a little bit exotic you could go with some krill oil with uh, some vitamin A, <laughs> yeah. which is very good for digestion as well, and the, yeah, and the, the lining, lining of the, of the stomach. Yep, very good there. And uh, obviously, insulin sensitivity, one of the things you want to try and improve uh, over this uh, cleanse. So if we can make the receptors in the, in the muscle and the uh, cells a little more sensitive, uh, double whammy. So the fish oil will certainly help with that too. Okay, so we've got the fiber. You've got your alkalizing green drink. You've got a probiotic. You're taking some omega-3s. Yep. That's all well and good, Gordon. But what about this muscle we've been working so hard to well, build? Mate. You, gonna, you and I are notoriously hard gainers, so we don't want to lose that, and probably you know, most of the people out there. Yeah. So uh, obviously there's no animal proteins in this, so we need an amino acid profile from somewhere. Yep. So some essential amino acids yep. is something that you would like to work into the routine as well. So you're looking for a, some sort of broad-spectrum essential amino acid complex. Yeah, yeah, with, with your essential, non-essential aminos, broad-spectrum, great. 
uh, you can chuck in some branch chain aminos in there as well. But uh, another thing you could look at there is the, uh, hydrolyzed casein. If, you, if, if these sorts of things do not irritate digestion, they obviously are milk-based and we're trying to stay away from anything that's going to cause any inflammation. But you might, as part of your supplemental stack, have uh, the dye and tripeptides as a, instead of a whey protein. Yep. Um, Pepto-Pro, hydrolyzed casein, great options. So you could actually use that throughout the day to maintain muscle mass. Plus provide all the aminos for um, uh, detoxification, all the ben- tons exactly. of benefits that aminos. Exactly. We're not here to talk about that today. Um, there are some more aminos that you can take. <laughs> some glycine, obviously yes. very good at flushing out the liver. Yep. So five grams of that in the morning would uh, go wonders. Yep. And then some glutamine. We've spoken about glutamine on the program before. Yes. Um, very good for helping rebuild the intestinal lining. Yep, healing the gut. Yep. So some um, pockets of glutamine throughout the day won't do you any harm either. Yep, and that'll uh, also, um, for sugar cravings, very good. So, you know, if you are craving a few things on the cleanse, the glutamine will help with that too. Cocoa powder as well, if you like. Excellent. And just, I guess you mentioned there, Rorden, cravings for various things while you're on this cleanse. It can be quite mentally challenging. Yep. So some taurine, perhaps later in the day. It's a precursor for GABA, which is that sort of mental balance neurotransmitter. So that can just take the edge off things slightly as you're trying to wind down and get a decent sleep. Yeah, the yin supplement there, taurine, great for, uh, it's usually the uh, detoxification process anyway. But yeah, from a GABA increasing perspective, yeah, essential. That with magnesium, of course. Okay, so fats now will make up the bulk of the calories that you get while you're on this cleanse. And there's a few that we would say definitely should be a part of it. So MCT oil, so some medium chain triglycerides. Yep. Fantastic. Coconut oil. We've spoken about that before on the program. MCT oil's there as well. Just a little more tasty. Yep. Some olive oil. Very good. You lay a little bit of that over your salads. That'll Mm -hmm. do well. If you'd like to cook with some butter. Yep. Yep. We're happy to... If you tolerate butter, yeah, go for it. We're happy to uh, stamp and improve some butter. And we've spoken about butter before. Obviously, thyroid benefit there with the iodine. So good stuff. And some avocado as well. Yes. So those would be your main sources of fat throughout the cleanse. We don't usually like to have nuts during the cleanse. No, they can be those? irritant. Uh, a lot of people have uh, issues digesting nuts. So um, yeah, keep those out. Just while we're taking uh, easing that digestive system. So keep things, keep it simple, stupid. You know. Now we don't want it to be a totally tasteless experience. So no. there are some seasonings that you can use, and in fact, we recommend you use some pink Himalayan rock salt. Chock full of electrolytes there. So um, you know, from a cellular benefit essential very good uh turmeric we've spoken about the benefits of curcumin so yep uh, wouldn't be a bad idea to season your foods with turmeric and if you're going to do that well then you'd need some black pepper pepper for the peppering yes (laughs) you would you would and then some garlic chili lemon and lime some dry herbs yeah all that kind of stuff is fine just steer clear of the sauces and and pre-mixed things yeah and and look um if it is a cleanse and, and and you are on the back of uh Anything that you've been over-consuming before you come onto this cleanse, so say if you had uh, chili on every single meal for the last 10 years, you might want to, if you're trying to alleviate the digestive system, maybe take out those things that you over-consume, because we've spoken before, over-consumption of anything uh, is generally not that good. You need variety for digestive health. So a good rule of thumb as well, when you are doing this cleanse, select vegetables that you, you don't wouldn't normally eat, uh, but seasonings as well fall into that bracket too, so there's something to think about there. Absolutely. So let's have a look at the micronutrients which yes. we'd like to include as part of... The vitamins of, and minerals there. Yeah, the Rolls-Royce deluxe version of this cleanse. Yes. Obviously a multivitamin, staple, boom. You need yep. a good quality multi, uh, quality many, many multi. benefits. 
Yep. Provide some support for the liver because obviously during the cleansing process, the more the more support the liver can get in phase one and phase two of detoxification, the better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A bit of a white lab coat on there, going Such all phasey on me there. Yes, but some milk thistle and uh, a good B vitamin complex will help out there. Yep. We're also going to go for the curcumin. Curcumin. Uh, you got a boner for that. <laughs> High dose curcumin. You want this to have to have the uh, piperine or the phosphatidylcholine? Yeah, it's got to be uh, bound or, or the supplement has to have either of those two things just so it's actually absorbed. Otherwise, it has a very poor assimilation if you just take straight curcumin. So the Longveda curcumin is uh, the one you want to use there the as well. go-to. And we'll also chuck in some magnesium. Yeah, a ton of benefits. Health, uh, insulin sensitivity, obviously uh, detoxification benefits, but, but more importantly to... Um, to wind you down at the end of the day as well so you can actually get some sleep. Should be a staple on what everyone takes anyway. Usually most people are deficient. Certainly if they're a trained uh, individual, you will be somewhat deficient in magnesium yeah. and uh, zinc as well. So, uh, you know, the milk thistle, the B vitamins, the curcumin, all these things have mobilized all the, the toxins out of the body. The, you know, the soluble fibers that we spoke about will bind to it so you can excrete it. Yeah. You generally will be in a, in a caloric deficit to some degree. Like we're just generally trying to give the body a bit of a break. You know, we don't want a ton of calories going yeah. in there. So um, there will be some mobilization of fatty acids and obviously there's a lot of toxins stored in fat. So you, know, you might feel a bit, um, how's your father initially? But uh, the body will adapt to that. But if we have all those to support detox, you'll, you'll get through just fine. You'll get through. So... It's going to require a, a pretty decent hit at the Mr. Vitamins or some sort of supplement yep. store. You'll need to get your shopping list together. So just to briefly overview, you yeah. need to get some fiber, some yep. powdered greens, Tick. some apple cider vinegar, Got it. a good quality probiotic, SBO. preferably an SBO, some omega-3s, Done. some amino acids. Mineral. You yep. need your, all your fats, a good uh-huh. quality multivitamin, some liver support. Milk thistle, B uh, vitamins. Yep, a high quality antioxidant Yep. and chuck in some magnesium there as well. It's an extensive list, Tom, but I guess uh, you know that week you're spending quite a bit less on uh, the you know the animal meats that you'd normally buy. So you know the money can be directed towards the supplementation just to get the most out of the cleanse. The most out of the cleanse. You mentioned a week, so why don't we just quickly touch on how long you might actually use this for? For sure, for sure. I guess. Uh, my take on it, you can give me your spin on it. Yep. I guess if we're the longer we take out, um, you know, animal protein, I guess the the more the chances of uh, losing muscle mass. So I never like to certainly uh, go too long. So I'm talking seven days, fourteen days. You know, if you're at the really early phases of uh, of prep with the individual or, or the start of a, of, a, of a new journey towards body composition change. Mm. But if I had worked hard to build a ton of muscle and then put someone on a cleanse, I, I wouldn't necessarily do it for that long. No, no, seven days. After absolute tops but what's your take on it well i would say minimum three days yeah and the most i have actually ever put someone on a cleanse was 10 days yep but typically five to seven is around about five the sweet days. Spot. and it's also a good little uh, if you go on a bender say someone goes out for for a big weekend and it's like yeah hey, or, or a holiday father, holiday in sinned. thailand or something yeah touch of the hendos touch of the hendos and they come back you can just pump them for the cleanse for just have the document written up okay bam here's your cleanse you know what to do three to four days reset everything uh, take a bit of stress off the body and uh, but I guess talking about stress there are a couple of uh, who, who wouldn't you use it for Tom well someone comes in and they're in a they have been in a prolonged caloric deficit, deficit state yeah. and, you, and you suspect that perhaps the metabolism is already down regulated to a certain degree yeah. doesn't make much sense to put them then 
further into a deficit, you'd be better off trying to re-establish some sort of nutritional baseline yeah, and then a little sure. bit deeper in the track, chuck them on the cleanse there. Yeah. You mentioned muscle mass before. If yeah. you've just been through a, a significant hypertrophy phase and you've been working hard on building muscle, it yeah. doesn't really make much sense to... And I've, and I've seen it used with the, uh, like um, I've seen it used with individuals before, and, and I'm guilty of this. And I've used it at the wrong times, and they've lost muscle mass yeah. coming into the show, and then uh, they weren't too happy. So <laughs> yes. learn by the mistakes. But uh, yeah, the right time for that. And also for someone who is perhaps been eating really, really poorly, and probably has yeah. a large toxic burden, and just from a mental perspective, to make the the commitment to five to seven days of fruits and veggies is just too much to ask yeah uh, so you have to look at the um compliance compliance too but, get from the client. but i guess tom you can sort of take what we've told them we, we've listed a ton of things that are great for detox there you could just clean up your nutrition get, keep your protein intake a little lower than normal eat more veggies have those good fats in and you can sort of do a, a modified cleanse or and just a clean eating for you know a boot camp if you will like we do down at the chpc in the early phases again yeah. if there's no underlying metabolic stress a boot camp where they'll just consume uh, quality proteins, vegetables, and, and I guess that is a, a cleanse in itself or somewhat of a detox. The other cool thing is you could do it, um, you know, you might do one or two days a week where they actually employ the, the cleanse. So they might have a, a three days normal, then yeah. go into a bit of a caloric deficit, cleanse, reset, detox is better, back into the, the normal eating, and then, you know, another cleanse. You could do almost like a, a cleanse cycling, if you will. Mm, not a bad idea. Mm, I've said, if you will, twice now. <laughs> so a day in the life of a cleanse yeah. get up and start with that alkalizing green drink that yep. we talk about down the so gullet boom your fiber your spirulina the, the lemon the lime chuck in a probiotic have a tablespoon of fish oil a yep. little dash of apple cider vinegar and maybe a teaspoon of glycine yep boom you're on your way and then throughout the day you'll then have another three to four sittings where you'll take a couple of tabs of multivitamin couple of tabs of some liver support 10 to 20 grams of glutamine 10 to 20 grams of your essential amino acids yep and a couple of tablespoons of fat and, and i'm consuming the fruit and veggies around there too yeah yeah and the fruit and veggies around that i mean you can graze away at your fruits and your veggies throughout the day so i usually like to do fruits up until about midday and then just do the veggies thereafter but thereafter. you could probably yeah. consume all day long it doesn't really yeah. matter and so essentially that is how you would apply the cleanse and really Every person that I've given it to, it's um, first two days are always very tough. First two or three days, headaches, a yep. bit of nausea. It, yep. it can be tough to get through, but by the end of it, across the board, everyone feels fantastic. Skin is fresh. Yeah, that's one of the things you always tell me. Like you, you say, look at the skin, and yeah. it's really, really vibrant. Vibrant. Yeah. vibrant. Digestion's working well, and compliance to a nutrition plan thereafter is also yeah. very good because it's, it's a pleasure just to eat a piece of meat. Yes, yeah, so you go. Okay, now you know, you treat you with a, uh, and also coming out of the cleanse, why don't we quickly say, you know, don't go straight into a, you know, a ton of red meat. You know, yeah. ease back in. You think your white meats, um, seafood's a great option there, yeah. but ease back into things over over. A few days and just let the digestive system catch up and then you're good to go perfect under the bar the clean health podcast with rawden and tom yes. rawden a few episodes back now we had paul carter from uh, lift yep. run bang onto the show talking about various things and he's coming out for a couple of tours in australia and yeah. uh one of those tours is Building the Beasts, and yep. his partner in crime on this one is going to be the mountain dog, John Meadows. Yes. 
and what? we've been baiting our audience uh, yes. with the promise of getting the mountain dog on the show at some well, stage. Well, even back when we had uh, Polkon on, he was doing um, working with mountain dogs. Well, so. that's right. He was right in the middle of some pretty horrific training. He's mountain dog-like he training, yeah. Face down in the sun, burning his uh, <laughs> hamstrings on the line leg curl machine. That's it, that's it. John Meadows, someone you've done a little bit of work with. Yeah, um, yeah, I've, uh, I've done online with, with John and um, uh, his... Uh, Offsider, Shelby Starnes, worked with Shelby there for a while, so similar, I mean, John's fast and aware programs for Shelby, so, um, yeah, I've been and following his, uh, on social media and um, a subscription to his, uh, the Mountain Dog website, yeah. which is obviously chock full of great information there. Yep, when so, I was training with Steph earlier in the year, we yep. were, followed the uh, reactive pump program, got to oh, yeah. use all the bands and chains and various bits of equipment we've got down at the CHPC to full effect, and it was an enjoyable phase of training. Yes. And the Mountain Dog himself has obviously had a lot of success as a bodybuilder, yep. uh, ever so close to this pro car that he's after, and he's had a, a huge amount of experience, obviously, prepping guys yeah. to get them on stage and something that he's known for, as well as doing some pretty brutal workouts. Yes. And he's also developed, uh, well, his whole career, really, he's had a very keen interest in nutrition. Yeah. And obviously, we'll find out more from the, uh, the Mountain Dog himself. He joins us on the line. John, thanks for your time, mate, and uh, welcome to Under the Bar. Oh, it's great to be on, guys. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. And, and by the way, and thanks for being members on my website, too. I, I appreciate that as well. <laughs> yeah, no problem. Yeah. It's good stuff on there. So uh, I guess to start us off, John, uh, just to give the guys listening a bit of an idea of how it all got started mm. for you. I mean, I, I think you did your first bodybuilding show when you were 13. <laughs> 13. And you've sort of grown and developed from there. So maybe if you could just give us a synopsis of your career and what led you to where you are now. Yeah, well, I'll try to condense this into yeah. something. Yeah. First of all, you guys are going to learn that I love to talk. <laughs> so yeah. you may have to interrupt me and say, hey, slow it down a little bit, lay off the caffeine, ease up. <laughs> yeah, no, it's 8 p.m. Awesome. You shouldn't be on caffeine now, mate. Yes. Come on. Phosphatidylserine, <laughs> bit of magnesium. Yeah. yeah, it's getting pretty late over here. <laughs> yeah, I, I competed when I was 13. And, um, you know, it was, it was real simple for me. I picked up a magazine, and I wanted to look like the guys in the magazines. So I started uh, doing the exact routines that was in the magazines. You know, I would I'd go grab a magazine and I'd see, oh, this is how Lee Haney did his chest and his back. And so I would yeah. do that workout. And then I would uh, take a you know, half-hour break and I would <clears throat> go through the magazine some more. And I'd say, oh, okay, this is how Rich Gaspari trains his legs. So I would... Um, you know, go back down to the basement where we had little, little one of those old little weight sets, and I would do that workout. I mean, there were time, there were days when I would literally, you know, train for three, four, five hours. I just didn't know any better, you know. Yeah. I didn't, but I love to train. Yeah. And it's something that has never left me my entire life. I've never taken a break from training. Of course, you know there are times when your intensity is lower, obviously, and obviously there are times when you take scheduled breaks, but. In terms of just saying, hey, I want to get away from this for a while, I haven't done it, and uh, I, I don't expect to. I really, really enjoy training. So I tr continued to train throughout school. Uh, I was in a number of sports. I was in football. I uh, was in uh, track. I was actually a sprinter and a pole vaulter in oh, really? track. Okay. You know, I, I ran the 100 and 200, and I actually pole vaulted. I, um, I played baseball. I had a short stint in baseball. And I was a pretty, you know, pretty, pretty fair wrestler. What I really wanted to do was uh, be a pro football player. Oh, yeah. um, I love football. I'm kind of obsessed with it over here. When I say football over here, it's 
you know, the guys with helmets on smashing yeah, each yeah, other. Yeah, yeah. You got the grand final, uh, Super Bowl. Super Bowl coming up, yeah. Yeah, it's coming up. It's coming up. And I, I really love football. I mean, I, I played a position on defense where you you were in on the action a lot. You know, it's it's called a middle linebacker. And, um, you know, you could hit a lot of people with some head-on collisions and do a lot of damage. And, unfortunately, I got knocked out a few times myself. But, um Really enjoyed football, but I just, you know, the truth was I just wasn't talented enough. I just wasn't good enough to do it at a high level. Wasn't big enough. Wasn't fast enough. Uh, I was definitely mean enough, but, you know, that, that can only take so far. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I continued to train, and, uh, you know, I got out of college, and I was still competing. You know, I, um, I went to college uh, to, to be an orthopedic surgeon. I, I wanted to work on knees. I had a very good understanding of uh, knee anatomy, and uh, I just had a, a pretty keen sense in how just the whole structure of the knee worked, and I was really fascinated by it. And then I ran into this class called chemistry <laughs> that I found to be extremely boring. Yes. Um, you know, we had these labs. You know how like, these labs where you sit two, three hours and you know add a drop of sodium something and observe and take notes and okay now you need to add a drop of this wait for 20 minutes i couldn't stand it it drove me nuts so i dropped the class and no chemistry means no medical school so i got a uh, kind of a generic degree in uh, health and fitness management even though i'd taken all pretty advanced classes and um, I, I eventually went out to work in the corporate world. Yeah, that's right. I, yeah, well, I left uh, when I graduated from college. I was working at, at a gym over here, a very well-known gym as a, a personal trainer. And, you know, it was one of those situations where I, I was in there, you know, all day training people. And it, it kind of sucked the life out of me, you know. It impacted my workouts. And I think it was just because... The clientele I had at that point in my life, they were just people that weren't real motivated, to be honest. Yeah. And, you know, you, you kind of, you try to motivate person, after, you know, hour after hour, and it just yeah. starts sucking the life out of you. So I said, you know what, I'm going to just go get a corporate job, and I'm just going to come to the gym and train myself, and you know, and and not sit in the gym, you know, that for that many hours a day. I, I think, for me, it's probably the best choice. So I went to work in the corporate world. I continued to train hard. I continued to compete. I continued to work with small handfuls of people over the years. There was a string of years here where I'm, the state I'm in, I only took one person a year, and I won. The person I coached won the state title four times in a row. So, you know, I'd show up with one guy, and it'd be like, oh boy, that must be the guy that's going to win. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I kept I kept my head in the game. I was still interested in coaching and. You know, sometimes I take on a few more clients, but it was pretty hard, though. You know, it was a it was a job that that entailed long hours, stressful hours, and I would you know get home and eat, then I would go to the gym, and by the time I you know I was killing myself back then as well. And when I got home, I hey I just want to go to bed. Yeah. So I didn't have a lot of time for anything else in my life, and I never really got involved in the industry. It was just go to work go from work to the gym you go from the gym to go home and then repeat do it yeah. again so I continued that cycle and um, a few years back I was um, 
as, as I was starting to approach 40 years old, I'm, I'm 40, I'm about to turn 43 this year, but I, uh, I started thinking, you know, I'm, I think I'm pretty decent at this stuff. I think I'm pretty good at it, but I can't do the job that I have during the day and do this at night. Mm. And oh, by the way, now I have a family. Uh, now I have twin boys. I'm married. So I have other responsibilities, and there's there's just not enough time to do all of those things well. Mm. So I uh, left the corporate world and decided to focus on coaching exclusively. It's been good to me, and I've, I've tried to give back to the community, and I've, I've tried to make an impact and help people, and I'm trying to leave a legacy uh, behind me. And um, that so here I am, and here we are. Yeah, yeah well, that's it's interesting, John. So you had to actually kind of break the cycle take a little leap of faith and back yourself to obviously keep prepping guys but then also establish a little bit of a social network get yeah. the website up and running develop the ebook and all these sorts of things yep, and yep. um you know really carve a niche yeah i had i actually was very um i'm very conservative by nature i i was raised by a grandmother who was a cook in a restaurant so we were we didn't have much money and um, I was very, very conservative by nature. And when I have five dollars in my pocket, I always try to protect that five dollars. Yeah. Mm. Uh, just, just from the way I grew up. So, it was, you know, that's a pretty, you know, I had a, I had worked my way up to a pretty high level uh, in the corporate world at the bank I was at. Mm. Really, really nice salary. I was working on. I was, I was running the largest projects that they had. So I had a very big position it was you know and it, so you know here I was thinking oh man you know look how many years I've worked to get to this and now I'm just going to walk away from it for for I don't know what I don't yeah. know if how much business I'm going to have so I had to figure out psychologically how am I going to there's no way I'm going to be good at coaching if I'm constantly worried about financial things yeah Okay, so I had to do a little self-inspection and figure out what was really worrying me, and I, the answer became pretty clear to me. Um, I was concerned that if things didn't work out, I would lose the house, and mm. then my um, family, we'd have no place, you know, we, we would lose our house, mm -hmm. right? So what I did was I um, increased the number of clients I was working with while I was still at the corporate job up to, um, up to 40, yeah, and yeah. Uh, I, I worked... Uh, endlessly until I had saved up enough money to pay my house off. Oh, really? Oh, okay. right. When I reached the amount of money that I need, that I had, that I needed to pay the house off, you know, I, it was a pretty decent amount of money. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I remember it like it was yesterday. I drove over to the bank. I wired money to Wells Fargo. I walked in there with quite a bit of money. I walked out with not much at all. <laughs> <laughs> um, I bet that felt but, good. But I paid the house off, yeah. and so that were you know, and it was amazing how it made me feel to lift that worry. And then I said, okay, I got to do some other things. I got to, you know, I'm going to have to do some more things with the website. I'm going to have to really kind of take this to another level. But you know, now my mind was a little more free, and I, I wasn't so worried. And that was really critical for me uh, psychologically to uh, you know to to move forward. But I. You know, when I was at the bank, I had this plan, though. You know, I'm going to, you know, reinforce my educational skills, you know, get my certifications renewed, the best ones you can get. I'm, you know, I'm going to get the website started. You know, I had a, yeah. I had all these steps laid out. Yeah. And I methodically went through every one of these steps. 
I had them in place. I accomplished all of them. The only one I didn't accomplish was I wanted to write a book. I, I didn't do that. But that's coming. once I had all those yeah. accomplished, I still had this feeling of man, I just this is too too scary. And I yeah. and that's what brought me to the to the thought about the house. Mm. So I addressed that concern, yep. and then I was able to you know move forward without worrying. It's amazing, uh, Rudin. We've spoken to some pretty successful people on this show, and even John. We were talking to Milos Sarchev on the show yeah. last week, and uh, he was talking about how he set a five-year goal to move to America and get yeah. a pro card, and there was just no doubt in his mind that he was going to do that. There's this yeah. theme with all these people we get on this show that they pick something, they focus on it, and every day they work towards mm. achieving this substantial goal and you know it's no doubt that they've become successful in whatever whatever yeah. thing they choose it's 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 pretty inspiring it is inspiring to, to it's probably that uh, yeah. in the trenches training that sort of yeah. teaches them to keep striving i guess yeah so um with the the ebook that you have now since done john the adjusting a meal plan made simple you've got some rod and i've had a good look through that and it's very user-friendly yeah in, in the way nice and simple nice and simple to sort of go about it so we, if you wouldn't mind we might just pick your brains on a few of your systems that you talk about in the book yeah, absolutely. And by the way, I that was my first attempt at an, at an ebook, and uh, I used to write quite a bit. I don't write as much as I used to, but mm. one of the things that drove me nuts was reading an article and having the author just throw around big words. And uh-huh. then when you're done with the article, you think, okay, did I really? Le- is there anything I can apply? Did I really learn anything? Yeah, yeah. So when I did that book, I wanted it to have very clear steps that yeah. people could take to you know that they could implement and their plans i tried to make it very methodical very precise i think that hopefully i accomplished that hopefully when you read that you don't think well what does he mean well what i mean is 10 percent, which is x amount of calories that's pretty that's yeah. pretty cut and dry yeah yeah um so i wanted it to be very user friendly i like i like that term i want uh wanted it to be very user friendly yeah and for to not try to just bludgeon people with uh, big words, uh, but yeah. to actually give them actionable steps they could take. So hope, hopefully, the, that's the message that the book has. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I certainly got that impression when I looked through it, and similar stuff. Obviously, I, you know, my, my the listeners will, will know that I work with competitors and clients, and uh, you know, I'm essentially doing similar things to you do, and, and it's nice to see. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, that's uh, similar. So it was nice to <laughs> seeing that, um, you know, we're on a similar wavelength. So it was uh, and easy to understand. And, um, yeah, re- really good uh, first uh, ebook there, mate. Yeah. Um, so, John, in terms of, we'll start with the fat loss. You listed three strategies for fat loss, basically reduce calories, increase your calorie expenditure, and then utilizing uh, refeed meals or, or refeed days to keep bumping up metabolism. So you can just go into a bit of detail about the first steps you take with someone when dropping body fat yeah absolutely you know one of the things that um i really like to do with people is i like to sort you know this doesn't apply to everybody but i like to sort of overfeed them clean food uh for a short period of time at the beginning of their diet i find that it only takes usually two weeks of this and their metabolism has a pretty nice uplift and i'm going to state the obvious here it's obviously easier um, and it's a better long-term strategy if you're trying to whittle, whittle away at starting 3,500 or 4,000 calories as it is to opposed to starting at 2,500 calories. You know, you just don't have yeah. 
yeah. down you're... the road, you don't have as many cards you can play. Yes. You know, you, you really limit yourself. So I like to start diets with it. actually a surplus. And the first week, a lot of people are pretty miserable. They've never ate a cup and a half of cooked oats at once or two and a half cups of rice. And mm -hmm. um, they're like, oh, my God, I can't do this. And I tell them, just stick with it. Just stick with mm -hmm. it. And then the next week, they're like, oh, wow, I I'm really hungry now. I'm yeah. really... This isn't, can I add more? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I like to kind of kick off diets with, um, you know, a, a plan. A, you know, depends on the person. But I, in, in theory, I like to do that. Um, and then, you know, as we go, I, in the book I mentioned taking one step at a time. And generally what I do is uh, I generally pull from carbohydrates. And the structure that I use is I try to pull from carbohydrates uh, that are in meals that aren't close to your training. Yeah. I believe that the training intensity should never be compromised. And for you to really look your best on stage, to be really hard and dense, you have to train like you mean it. Yeah. You can't you can't train fasted and then not have anything during your workout and then not have anything after. You know, I know this leads into the whole nutrient timing discussion, but I just find that if you compromise your workout intensity your body will not look as good by the time your diet is is uh, ended and you're on stage. You'll you'll be softer. You might you might be really lean, but you just don't have that nice granite championship yeah. look to your body. So, Density. so I like to you know as the first step, I like to remove carbs. You know, if somebody worked out in the afternoon, then I would remove morning carbs. If somebody worked out in the morning, I might re remove some afternoon carbs. Yeah, but that's that's where I like to start. And in terms of activity, increasing activity, I personally like to increase frequency of weight training sessions much more than I like to add, you know, the standard uh, cardio sessions that people do. Yep. Again, I find that when people don't do as much weight training and they do a ton of cardio, their muscles don't look as good. You know, if you just think about the body, if you just use common sense yeah. and think about it, if you're doing 50% weights, 50% cardio versus 90% weights and 10% cardio, you know, which of those situations is your body most likely going to adapt to in a way that you, you carry a lot of muscle? It's the old sprinter versus marathon runner. Yeah. I think the way you train is how your body kind of adapts. Yeah. and. Um, so I don't. I'm not a believer in all this long, long drawn out cardio sessions, two a days. You know, I don't believe in that. I, I'll use it maybe for that 10%. But I want to increase training frequency first. So one of the things we do is we get into the 12 week out mark. Is I like to get um, I like to get people up to seven days a week of training, yeah. and uh, start there. And usually. Um, Usually that also, that higher frequency training all the time also comes with a little bit of an increase in appetite. Yes. Yep. And um, so, you know, and I tell people who don't have an appetite, oh, that's easy to fix. Just train twice a day for a couple of days and then call me and yeah. tell me. They're all <laughs> like, oh, my God, I was starving after that second workout. And yeah. Honestly, I don't understand the mechanism behind it, but I know it works. Yeah. Um, so, you know, so we increase calories initially, then we increase training sessions. And then we start to decrease carbs and aren't close to these training sessions. 
if if the person if I then it, it kind of becomes this um, what do you feel like game? Okay, how's your how's your strength? How's your yeah. are you you know do you feel like you're starving? Do you feel like you can't eat? You know I have to ask a lot of questions to determine more you know what the next steps are as we go. Yep. You know uh, one scenario is I might just continue to decrease carbs. Uh, another scenario is if I feel like I, I'm really risking muscle loss by taking the person's um, calories too low, then I might add a couple two-a-day sessions. You know, not many. You know, like maybe two a week. Um, but there's a number of different things that uh, I like to do. It kind of depends on where the person's at. You know, you can do something as simple as introduce a fat burner at that point. You know, yeah. uh, that's another way to get things moving and then when that doesn't work anymore then maybe you can add uh, uh, you know a couple hit cardio sessions yeah and uh you know then the person that let's say they're having trouble recovering then it probably doesn't make much sense to do hit because that's going to tap into recovery so let's logically now let's move over to some lower intensity stuff so you can burn some calories yeah. but we're not overdoing it and we're not tapping into recovery it's really kind of just a common sense, methodical approach. Mm. So, so um, it's really case by case uh, basis, though, John. You, you you really interact with your clients and find out, you know, like you said, sleep, energy, hunger, and all that type of thing, and that will dictate where you go, whether it's twice a day or hit and stuff like that. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and that's what I like to do is teach people to think. And nice. um, you know, a lot of my clients are coaches themselves, so. Yeah. It's always it's always interesting because people will say, well, you know, so and so does this. I'm like, you can't just say you do this with everybody. <laughs> you can't just formally apply X amount of cardio, X amount of you, you, you know. I not everybody I work with can handle seven workouts a week, so I have to adjust, and they might have to do a higher percentage of cardio than I would like, but that's just what their body dictates, you know. I have some people that can't, you know, reduce carbs to a large degree, hmm. and then I have some people that they may only eat them before they train and maybe during the, during the workout. Uh, then some people will only use them uh, during the workout, um, you know. So it's it varies quite a bit. It varies. Uh, I could tell you some stories. You know, I've got these guy. You know, I've got a couple guys that are 170 pounds. They're they're middleweights. And these guys are over 5,000 calories. And then I've got some guys that are monsters. And you think, oh, man, this guy must eat a ton. You know, he eats the same thing I do. He eats 3,000 calories and he weighs 270 pounds. Mm, right. So you never know. You never know. You know? What about you the, um, you mentioned there the refeed days as well. Like what are you looking at from the uh, from the client? A lack of progress or, yeah, I feel overtrained. I, I, I'm sore. I'm aching. I'm not sleeping. Like when would you throw in a refeed meal a day? Well, first of all, I look at refeeds. Uh, it, it, they're beneficial, really, in two ways, in my mind. First is psychologically. Yeah. Yep. Not everybody has the type of mental discipline that can carry them through an entire contest prep. So, introducing a refeed, it might only be a meal, will at least give them some mental relief from the diet um, part of it. So that that's really nothing. You know, I, I always say where the mind goes, the body will follow. Yep. Yeah, that's just kind of keep your mind in the game. Mm -hmm. 
And then, you know, you have uh, physiological reasons for doing the refeeds, you know. The longer you diet, the more your body says, oh my, I don't like what this guy's doing to me. I'm going <laughs> to have to slow down. Let's get this metabolism slowed down yep. so we don't waste away. Uh, and it tells your body in very simple terms when you add in, a, you know, a nice little caloric surplus, uh, hey, you know, we're not dieting right now. It's okay. Relax. Let the engine run. And the extra calories are very, very healthy for your metabolism. They're very healthy hormonally. Yeah. Um, but the more, the deeper somebody gets into a diet, the more beneficial those refeeds are usually yeah. for most people. So I think it's almost more psychological initially. Yeah. But once you're deep into a diet and you're really fighting with your body, that's when they really can pay off. Yeah. And for a lot of people, and it, it was this way for me, it's a really hard mindset because I was one of those guys that always said, I'm not cheating on my diet, dad going it, I don't care how I feel, I'm gonna just drill myself into the ground. Yeah. But it's not cheating. Yeah. If you use it intelligently, it's not cheating. It's just it's just being smart. Exactly. <laughs> it's just it's just following a better process. You mentioned um, there, John. Uh, just keep cutting in there with talking about the the calorie surplus. Do you like uh, do you favor a particular uh, macronutrient? Do you like do you like it mostly carbohydrates with the a caloric surplus? Well, <laughs> um, I can tell you what I do, and I can tell you what everybody else. <laughs> uh, I mean, if, if you look at a lot of the literature, which I don't hold a lot of faith in, uh, generally speaking, because it's not well correlated to what we do. Um, I, I actually like some fat in, in my refeeds. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm more of the hamburger kind of guy. Um, <laughs> whereas a lot of people, you know, I might just pound them with some extra uh, low-fat carbs. Yeah. You know, they might get a lot of cereal or they might get some, you know, some waffles or whatever where there's not a ton of fat in it mm -hmm. um but I, I really you know i really don't get into the the minutiae too much on refeeds mm. i don't i don't i'm not one of those guys that'll argue over well fat doesn't really do anything if you if you really want to benefit from them you really it really has to be carbs and i want no fat i don't really buy into that um it's just not what i see in the real world yeah. I think just the fact that you're eating extra calories and you're just enjoying yourself kind of um yeah. I just think that that has a, a really positive impact on your body and it's really cool when you can kind of make it an event. Yes. Like for me, uh let's say I'm uh dieting for a contest like let's say every Friday night, maybe my wife and I go out and we'll have a nice dinner. So I got the social benefit of it. Yeah. And Let's look at what that's going to do for you. Socially means you're happier. It means you have less stress at home. What does that mean? Less stress means you're probably going to sleep better. Yeah. Mm. You know, your cortisol levels aren't going to be chronically elevated. Yep. So, it, in my opinion, there's a benefit to that. You have a good time. You have something to look forward to. There's never this, oh, God, I don't know if I can make it another six weeks. Yeah. Mm. You know, it's always exactly. funny because when I get to a show backstage, I always hear everybody talking about what they're going to eat. Oh, God, I can't wait yeah. to eat some pizza. Yeah. You know, I'll, have a, I'll hear a guy say, man, I can't wait to go get a hamburger. What are you going to have? And I say, I don't know. I just had a hamburger last week. Yeah. <laughs> like, the mountain you know, what? You know? 
so I don't really, you know, I get that one meal where I can eat what I want. I don't really feel all that deprived, to be honest with you. Yeah. yeah. Um, I just want water. Yeah. <laughs> I just want a lot of cold water is what I usually want. Yeah. But, you know, going back to my point, you, you got to look at the whole picture. You know, stress levels, cortisol, yeah. you know, that's why I'm big on this social event thing. What I, what I love about um, following you, John, is, um, and you mentioned it just then, you sort of said, you know, the twice a day, I don't understand the mechanism, how it increases appetite, but it just does. It just does, yes. And I love that, that you sort of a nice, and I've read some of your stuff on T Nation, uh, where you will make scientific references, but it's a nice mix of in the trenches type stuff, what you've learned over, I think you said, 29 years of uh, you know, training, but then a, a nice blend of, uh, you do look at the latest research and, um, and sort of blend the two where you don't discredit what you've actually know works because it works. You've seen it work, and um, I think that's quite uh, quite refreshing to, um, to to hear that where you don't base everything on science and uh, and a lot of it is to do with your own experiences and, and that, that like I said in the trenches type stuff, which is invaluable. Well, you know, a lot of people, you know, they look at it as a one side of the fence or the other, and the truth is, if you really want to. Uh, improve as fast as you can you'll you'll embrace both sides of it yeah there's there's nothing more frustrating to me than when I've seen something work you know say with say 295 out of 300 clients for someone to tell me you can't prove that it works I'm like no actually I already did prove that it works. Yeah, yeah 295 times <laughs> uh, and on the and on the other side of that there's nothing more frustrating to me than when people discredit good good science okay so not pseudoscience where someone takes one study and holds it like a bible and declares that all yeah. cardio is good or all cardio is bad yeah. you know the problem with science is it results in people thinking about everything in an absolute manner you know yeah. they compare they you know it's an absolute you know hit cardio it's good or it's bad uh, low intensity it's good or it's bad it, it, there's nothing absolute yes. in what we do. I, no. You know, I guess the only absolute thing is if you want to grow, you need to be in a caloric sur- surplus. And if you want to lose weight, you probably need to be in a caloric deficit. That's about as close to um, an absolute as you'll find. But everything else is it's in, it's gray. It depends on the situation. Yeah, um, uh, but I like to try to understand what's going on. You yes. guys wouldn't believe how much I sit around and read about brain cyclic dextrin just because <laughs> I know there's something special in that that's really working well to enhance recovery when it's combined with, you know, certain types of protein. Yeah. And I'm, I'm a, I I want to know why. You know, it drives me crazy because I know it works. I've seen it, yeah. you know, I've got about a 99% success rate with, with clients. But I don't know exactly what it's doing, so mm. it drives me crazy. You know, I want to know. So I like to investigate the science too and try to understand it. But if I can't find the answer, you know what? At the end of the day, a client wants results. A client doesn't want to know that their mTOR is turned on. A client yeah. wants to know that they lost some fat. That they get so, jacked. And so, John, when you've referenced that you um, believe that obviously training intensity can't be compromised at any stage and yeah. you do like to keep carbohydrates around training, yeah. what about your actual um, peri-workout nutrition? What are your basic uh, protocol in terms of workout nutrition? Well, first of all, I, I think it's a really critical time. <clears throat> I should put a few disclaimers in there. If you train really hard, 
And if your diet uh, at other meals is already solid, then it becomes uh, very important. Most people would say just the opposite. As long as your meals are good, it doesn't, it doesn't help. Mm. I, I would disagree completely with that. Um, and also your, your training intensity. Yeah. Mm. If you're not training hard enough, I don't think nutrient timing make, makes a bit of difference yep. uh, in terms of in terms of peri workout. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so for the uh, for all the really good stuff to happen, the stuff that I really like. First of all, you've got to train really hard. And when I say really hard, I mean with moderate to high volume, interspersing some really high intensity stuff in your in your workout. And, you know, there's a lot of cool things that happen hormonally. Um, you know, you get you get better nutrient partitioning. You know, that's probably the most obvious one. You know, just just from the mechanical tension of uh, training with weights and pushing hard, mm. you get, you know, glucose transporter action, you know, where they're going to go to your cell membrane and uh, they're going to open a little trap door and let glucose into your muscle. Um, and your fat cells aren't really doing that, you know, and the more you trash a muscle, it's my opinion, the better this process works yeah. in terms of selective, in terms of the things selective. Yep. Yep. Um, and you, so you've got, you've got that happening, uh, even without, um, even without any kind of nutrient timing. And then when you add in the effect of insulin, so if you have the right kind of carbohydrate that works at the right speed. Yep. And when I say speed, I'm not a big fan of the insulin spike. Um, I'm, a, I'm a fan of a more gradual raise in blood sugar and insulin, so it's steady. I don't like insulin spikes. I don't like these super, super fast-acting carbs that result, you know, dextrose, car, you know, carbs like that. Number one, you know, you can get into the molecular weight and you can get into uh, how they can upset your stomach. They just yeah. don't do a good job, okay? But um, this was what I really like about branch cyclic dextrin is the way it's made with the, with the espresso branching enzymes. You get this nice, constant, steady release of blood sugar. So your insulin levels don't really spike. They just elevate a little bit and they just kind of stay there. So this a steady level of insulin, now you have another mechanism for, for uh, GLUT4 translocation. Yep. So now you have two, way, two ways that you're allowing better nutrient partitioning to get nutrients into the muscle. And this is the time, so now you have this opportunity to just jam nutrients into your muscle. And um, when you do this, you know, there's some also, there's also some things that I would um, theorize that are happening. I, I think there's a management of cortisol uh, chronically. I think if you train really, really hard, you know, the downside is eventually you get stressed out you might you might have some uh, excessively hard cortisol levels and especially if you're in a pre-contest situation it's mm -hmm. a very stressful situation but you know carbohydrates uh, you know and, and, and insulin and and uh and even uh to augment and even uh you know protein amino acids and dientripeptides um have been shown to kind of manage the the long-term effects of um of cortisol so you know we're not trying to stop the acute response we're trying to stop slow down the chronic response yeah you put all this stuff together and the bottom line is you get people that recover much better 
they 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 can now use more uh, frequency, which is we talked what we talked about earlier. Yep. You know, uh, trying to build that frequency up. So this puts their body physiologically in a position where they can actually do more sessions mm. and still recover and still feel good. Um, so and you know, and I've experimented with many 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 different products over the years, many types of supplements. I've been sponsored. Uh, you know, by primarily three companies my whole life, um, and I can tell you I've tried. I've got access to everything for free, and I can tell you that 95% of the time I've been disappointed. I think that most supplements don't work real well, but the uh, but, but I have found something that I think does work really well. Um, I certainly didn't discover it. I just um, used it and liked it, and I figured out how to really kind of fine tune it. It's the combination of of electrolytes, first of all, uh, branched cyclic dextrin, uh, the carbohydrate I was talking about, and then you can either use essential aminos or dientripeptides, you know, something like PeptoPro, something like that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Essential aminos are nice because you don't need as much water, so you don't have to, you know, you don't have to have a, this huge gallon to try to get down all this liquid. Yeah. And you don't need much water with the branched cyclic dextrin either. It has a tremendous GET, a gastric emptying time. Uh, where it goes out of your stomach and basically, man, it hits your bloodstream really, really fast. Uh, and then also, you can kind of augment the effect with with, cit- with citrulline malate. Yep. You know, a good six eight gram dose will help. Um, and that's that's really all you need. It's really just those ingredients, and the effect on recovery is unbelievable. Uh, it's unbelievable. I've yet to work with somebody who didn't notice didn't notice it, <laughs> and most of the people notice a dramatic effect. Okay. Awesome. Um, so, you know, so you go ahead. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, uh, I guess I've I'm working with Millis at the moment, and he's obviously in a similar vein to yourself. Uh, work working has to have a suitable amount of volume. The work the workout does, but obviously he's um, you know with his hyperemia, the the increased blood flow is his theory there but he certainly chocks up the bloodstream with all the anabolic nutrients and then starts training and then obviously uh, supplies nutrients while training then then post uh, training as well get the nutrients in but hey, yeah. yeah let me tell you I love Milos he's a great guy he's a friend of mine yeah and I have the utmost respect for him he's yeah. absolutely fantastic and he was ahead of the game he had his theories on this stuff long before I ever did yeah, yeah. He's a smart yeah. guy. I consider Milo. I consider Milo's the pioneer of of intra workout nutrition. Yeah. Personally, I think he's just so far ahead of the game. And this is the what I what I like about Milo's and what I try to replicate in my people is he could take guys that were seemingly at their genetic limit. Yeah. And he could all of a sudden you like look at guys like Gustavo Vidal and you know some of these older guys he worked with. Yeah. Yeah. You'd think there's no way this guy's going to get anywhere, and they'd work with Milos, and boom, they're 20 pounds bigger and they're harder. Yeah. Like, and he did that repeatedly. Yeah. And yeah. none of these other coaches have done that. Yeah. You know, they're taking genetic freaks and they're putting them on a, a decent diet. Yeah. Of course. You know, and they all. I never. I never get into the chemical discussions because they yeah. all have access and they all use the same thing. Yeah. 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 So. It's not that Milos had a special chemical, okay? Those guys well, all use the same stuff. Well, I think he, so, like, when we spoke to him, just to cut in there, John, when we spoke to him last week, he, he was talking about that and, and explaining, you know, how he's done it for so long. And back in the day, yeah, it was like, uh, you know, what's Milos using? What's this secret pharmaceutical agent that he's got that he's not telling anyone about? But 
Yeah, like you said, it, it wasn't anything pharmaceutical. It was just his uh, philosophies with uh, pre-interim, post-workout supplementation. Yeah, and what Milos was doing, and I'm trying to really refine this process training-wise, was he was trying to... He was thinking about it more in terms of blood flow. I think about it more in terms of exploiting every technique that we know creates hypertrophy. Yeah. Um, so when I build training programs, I, I try to use all the elements that I'm aware of that creates hypertrophy because there is no uh, interference effect, okay? Just because you do some higher reps doesn't mean you, you counteracted all of the lower reps you did. There's, yeah, yeah. None, of this, yeah, there's none of this interference stuff. Yeah. That's why I have issues when with these programs that are just all five sets of five or they're all high reps. I'm like, you're missing out on other opportunities for hypertrophy, yeah. right? You're not taking advantage of to the max. I know that Milos also did like to do his heavy stuff. What yeah, you yeah. would see on videos is you'd always see his giant set. But I know that's not a good characterization of his entire training because I know he did other stuff as well. And it's just, I run into the same thing. I uh, put a video out of somebody doing one high intensity set where we're using a high intensity technique, you know, it could be a drop set and partials and then, you know, something crazy and people go, oh my God, you do all your, all, all your sets like that? Yeah. I'm like, no, no, no. Yeah. You know, maybe two or three of the sets of the workout are like that. The rest are different. Yeah. Um, you know? And so, John, when you come down to Australia with Paul Carter, will you be sort of opening up your little magic book of tricks and showing them different sure. techniques for hypertrophy, all the workout nutrition, all that kind of stuff? Yep, but I'm going to need some volunteers. <laughs> yeah, well, my office door will be uh, yeah. locked, mate, and yeah. the, the key thrown out. Uh, you can't drag me into the pendulum squat. Yeah, you might be hard-pressed to find them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to need some guinea pigs. I need because... All right. Well, John, we're rapidly running out of time here, mate, but I do have one last question. Well, I might have one last sneaky one as well after you, Tom, but yeah. Where does Mountain Dog come from? Back when I was at the bank, and you remember when I told you guys that I had some steps that I wanted, that I outlined, and I wanted to accomplish yep. all yep. of them yep. before I you know, made a move? One of the steps was to participate more in forums. I felt like I had some pretty good ideas, but nobody knew what my ideas were. So I had a Bernese Mountain Dog. I love Bernese Mountain Dogs. It actually oh, comes from a Bernese yeah. Mountain Dog. Right. Uh, and actually, I just posted a picture of him on Instagram yesterday, if everybody wants to see my current Mountain Dog. <laughs> at, the, at the time, I had a different Mountain Dog. So I had a forum name I created, and it was Mountain Dog 1. And all it was referring to was my dog. Your dog, yes. I, so I'm writing my theories on this stuff, and people started referring it to as referring to my theories as mountain dog training and mountain dog diet mountain dog nice. techniques and i'm kind of laughing i'm like and then it, it started growing it took on a it life of like, its own it started to take a life of its own and i thought you know what i don't is this is this good or bad and i don't know so you know one of my friends who by the way it'd be great to have on your show dr serrano he's yes, he's my yes. he's my mentor I'd so love to get him on. i go to eric and I said, hey, man, I explained to him what was happening. He was like, that's awesome. Go with it. Mm. And so, I, you know, so I just decided to just keep the name as uh, reflective of uh, a unique brand. It's me. It's not mm. some acronym that I just made up to sound fancy and cool. Yeah, yeah. It's a part of me. I love mountain dogs. And, and, they're, um, and they're sort of big. I guess if you got on all fours and sort of squinted, you'd look a little mountain doggy yourself, yeah. I suppose. Um, <laughs> I'm a little bit of hair. Don't shave. Face. Not yeah. quite as fluffy as my mountain dog, but 
and and he's probably a lot smarter than I am too. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, my last question. I, I, I like. I, I turned forty last year, so I'm not too far behind you. And uh, and I think we sort of may have read similar magazines growing up. Two questions. One, I guess you know the '90s, the guys then, the Flex Willer, Lavroni, favorite bodybuilder of that time, and favorite current. Who do you think? Uh, who really impresses you, past era and, and currently? Well, I, um, I'm a big fan of the 90s guys. I'm yes. a huge fan. Yes. And the 93 Flex Wheeler, the one Arnold Classic, is <laughs> to me the best physique that ever hit the stage of all time. Yep. That's what Milo said too. It, it was, uh, you know, they got that classic kneeling, twisting back shot from yep. that show. Yep. yep. And I was there, and I've never seen anything like it. And I was there the year that Ronnie won, and yeah. Ronnie arguably looked... That was probably one of his top three ever yeah. appearances lit too, and he was an absolute beast, and he absolutely destroyed the show. But there was this look that Flex had in '93, you know. But I just thought that Flex had this amazing look. All right, Flex from the, an amazing look. And, Flex from the '90s. What about um, what about currently, John? Who who really? Um, I'm going to tell you I like the guys that I work with, <laughs> and I've been pretty fortunate because. I seem to attract a certain type of um, athlete, uh, good character guys. Yeah. Now, if you ask me who I would want to look like, I, easy, Flex Lewis. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I think Flex Lewis is phenomenal. He's head to toe. I mean, if I could just morph out of my body and into somebody <laughs> else's, that's the one I would take. <laughs> it, it looks good from all angles, and it's and it's uh, he's sort of got mass, but it's it's aesthetic as well, it, and and the conditioning, and he's he's not overly vascular. He's, he's yeah, it's his, his skin. He's got it thin. all. Yeah. he's got the he's, he's got the look that I like. You know, I don't yeah. like all the veins I have all over me. I wish I had less of that. <laughs> Mate, they're, they're hectic. Separation, you know. Love the vascularity. Um, all right, John, we could go, you and I could talk all day about the pro bodybuilders, but uh, we might wrap things up, but we'd love to get you on again and um, to have a chat about you know, things we didn't get around to having a chat about today. Yeah, problem, guys. I'd be happy to. Thanks very much for your time, John. We'll um, back announce and give all the details for the yep, tour. The that upcoming you... tour in April, I think it is. I yes. don't know if you've got the facts and figures there. Yeah. But, um, Early April coming out with Paul Carter for uh, Building the Beast. Beast. To us, so, be, um, so we might try and get you on in the lead up to that again, John. Thanks for your time, okay, mate. Okay, that sounds great. Thanks, Thanks John. Man. Talk to you soon, mate. Okay. You, mate. Thanks, guys. Bye, bye, mate. Bye. <laughs> well, the mountain dog. Yes. Yes. I mean, I've got black bits of headphone all over well, my neck. It's and, hot in here today. It's Tom. sticky. Your hamstrings are. Mate, uh, I've had to put a couple. To the <laughs> <laughs> I've had to put a, a few pieces of um, the uh, adjusting a meal plan made simple. Thanks, mountain dog. Thanks, I've, mountain I've dog. Got Not only is it a good read, but it actually absorbs some of the hamstring sweat, sweat yes. from the sweaty nylon seat it, that you're on there. In the studio at uh, the Eagle Waves. Uh, Radio. It does get pretty hot in here. That was a good chat with the mountain dog. You could um, guy. really go into a lot of detail with him. He did warn us before we started yeah. the interview that he's good at talking. Yes. And that certainly proved to be the case. But some really interesting things there, Rod. And the common theme, I guess, that runs through with all these guys is that the training intensity yes. is, that, is the key critical factor which is going to change the body. I think, Tom, especially, um, jump in there, especially if hypertrophy is the name of the game. Yes. Getting strong, different. You know, your 5 by 5s that mountain dog referred to there you know great for getting strong 
but uh, if the name of the game is hypertrophy, then destroying the muscle through a ton of different rep ranges and, and, and like you said, uh, isotension, you know, eccentric, concentric, pausing, bands, chains, mm. you name it. Yeah. Touch of the mountain dogs, mate. Touch of the mountain dogs. Every time I see you with bands, bands and, chains and chains attached, I, I always tell you down at the CHPC, yeah. touch of the mountain dogs touch there, Tom. The exactly right. Inspired by the mountain dog. But yep. then when you do train like that and you do damage the muscle to such a degree yes. and you are forcing yes. uh, so much fluid and blood and nutrients that's when yep. you can really take advantage of the workout nutrition that the mountain dog was talking about and something that you and I off the back of that interview will yeah. uh, have a little crack at yep. is getting some of that uh, branch, branch cyclic dextrin yes and his little concoction of the, the branch cyclic dextrin electrolytes yeah. uh, essential yep. amino acids and uh, some citrulline malate or perhaps the beetroot extract or something like vasodilator, that. Vasodilator. Some sort yeah. of vasodilator mixed in with it. Um, well, that's that's the easy part of it, Tom. Then we've yeah, got to we'll train yeah. the house down, yes, which I think yes. uh, that's the hard bit. It's pretty easy putting all the scoops of powder yes. into the shaker and getting them I'm, ready. I'm very good at that. Yes. I'm very good at that. <laughs> but I, I, what I like there is, um, you know, the way he spoke about the the, the recovery is, is phenomenal. So, you know, the, the nutrient timing... You know, is it the the hypertrophy a result of the the nutrients going in and muscle proteins things occurring, or is it just the vastly superior recovery, which then allows you to back up the similar intensity to the next training session, to the the AM session you do that day, the next day, the day after, so the twice a days, and then of course you're you're cramming more frequency in, muscles getting damaged, more more recovery, more muscle protein synthesis, and over time. You know, you, you elicit a much greater hypertrophic response, you know, because you can just train that much more. You know, the, the, the very what you're actually doing, breaking muscle down, you can do repeatedly when you enhance the recovery. So, you know, it, uh, that's where the nutrient timing pays dividends. Absolutely. Obviously, the Mountain Dog with Paul Carter will go into these systems in great detail. Yeah for uh, attendees of their Building the Beast tour, Beast, yes. which is in early April at the CHPC, goes for a few days. I think the details for that tour are going to be uh, up on our website, yep. all the W's, cleanhealth.com.au, yep. go to uh, education and seminars, yeah, you'll see the links. follow the links. Just Google Mountain Dog Clean Health and it'll come up as well if yeah. you want. So. Yeah. Cool. And that has been another episode of Under the Bar. The Mountain Dog, John Meadows. Fascinating to talk to him, and he will be coming back down to Australia. And Rodden, I guess you and I will be roped into that one. And yes. Yeah, put it through our faces. It was a beast of a man talking about that, wasn't he? And I could actually, I could feel his lamb loins through the uh, through the headphones, mate. Those fluffy <laughs> lamb loins. Away. Yes. Um, have a crack at the, uh, at the cleanse. Pick the right time, pick the spot, get yeah. yourself organized, mentally prepare. And um, I'm sure your digestive system will thank you. Yeah, and really good after um, that, that festive season. You know, you're coming back in, start of a new year or start of a new training phase. Boom, reset things and you're good to go. If you'd like to send us an email, please do podcast at cleanhealth.com.au. Check out the website, keep downloading. And uh, we thank you very much for being a part of the show. Yeah, thanks everyone. Talk to you soon. Bye. <laughs>